Welcome to the very first episode of the Grand Jewels podcast. I'm your host, James Dixon, and today we embark on a journey to explore the cherished connection between individuals and their beloved grounds and the sporting memories that can endure for a lifetime. But more about that after our interview. Well, not interview, conversation really, with a truly remarkable guest. In this episode, we have the absolute privilege of welcoming a BAFTA-nominated actor, a strong Northern woman, and an avid Bolton Wanderers fan. No, not Maxine Peake, the other one. The wonderful and talented Ruth Maidley. But before we join Ruth at the Tough Sheet Stadium, let's take a moment to go over the stats. Built in 1997 to replace Burnden Park, and called the Reebok Stadium from 97 to 2014, Before a brief spell as the Macron Stadium, and more recently as the University of Bolton Stadium, it's an all-steater stadium with an approximate capacity for football of 28,500. Alan Thompson scored the first Premier League goal at the ground, a penalty versus Spurs, as I'm sure we all remember. And there's a nine-foot-tall bronze statue of Nat Lofthouse, the Lion of Vienna, Bolton's most famous and one of England's greatest players. And that was unveiled in 2013. The record attendance for football is 28,353, set versus Leicester City on December 28, 2003. And this season in League One, Bolton are averaging just above 16,000 fans as they push for a playoff place and promotion. In addition to football, the stadium has hosted Rugby League Test Matches, Premiership Rugby Union, Darts UK Open and Snooker's Champion of Champions Tournament, as well as serving as both a vaccination centre and a temporary court during the COVID pandemic. It's probably not the first stadium you think of when you think Grand Jewels, so it'll be fascinating to hear why it means so much to Ruth. So today we're joined by a BAFTA-winning actress, the star of Don't Take My Baby, Years and Years, and then Barbara Met Allen, and perhaps most importantly for our perspective, a Bolton Wanderers fan. Ruth Maidley, welcome to the Grand Jewels. Thank you so much. I'm so happy. And what I left out of that intro, and I, in 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 full disclosure, is we used to work together. We did a long, long time ago. I know it's scary how fast time goes. It is, and I want to share a little story straight off the top. My very first day working for this job, and I don't I don't know if we'll name it. It's not like we're not allowed to name it. We both didn't leave under a cloud, so it's fine. But I was there in London, knew no one, and I get a call, and I think it's a sales call coming through, and I just get this lovely West Lancashire accent coming through going, hiya. <laughs> hiya. <laughs> and... Um, I thought first that was really sweet. You were sort of reaching out and sort of, you know, um, you know, making someone's first day really lovely. But I sort Aww. of suspect as well you were check you were checking up on on, uh, on on me and checking up and making sure that I was the right sort of person to join. Now, chance I was just check- ringing for a chat. I was probably I was I was probably trying to avoid work. <laughs> <laughs> I no no I wanted to say hello. I was being nice. <laughs> Well, I think you are nice, and I think I think it's and one of the things that I think is one of the things that's been really fantastic watching your career over the last last few years is seeing someone who is a genuinely nice person do really well Aww. and get the opportunities that they deserve. And um, I'm going to put that in my twi- I'm going to put that in my Twitter bio. I think if you refer to yourself as a genuinely nice person, getting the opportunities they no, deserve. No, I'm going to put it as a quote from you. A quote from you. For our purposes, 
you're a, a Bolton Wanderers fan, and we're going to talk about, well, what are we going to talk about? Because I don't know how to call what the name of your stadium is, because it's, it's changed a few times. It has, but now it's like the best name ever. I think this is the best name close to the Reebok. I mean, for, for me, all, it's, it's really hard to not call it the Reebok Stadium because it was the Reebok Stadium for so long. Um, and before that, it when it was at Burnham Park, it was Burnham Park. But now we are the Tough Sheet Stadium. <laughs> Best name ever. I wish people could see your face on this call. I, I know. Is that going to get old or do you think it will always be brilliant? Um, I think it will get old to other people, but not to us. <laughs> We do, we do love a long-standing joke. We're talking about the Reebok or the Macron or the University of Bolton Stadium or the Tough Sheet yep. Stadium. That one out there on the M61 that you see as you're driving up to Bamber Bridge. That's the one we're talking about, right? That's us. When when did you first go? You know, so Talk us through this first, first match, match day experience for you. I mean, I, I've always loved football, but I never really knew about my local football team, my, my, there was only me and my sister that were born in Bolton, my entire family from Manchester. Um, but I was 17 years old when I first went to a match and it wasn't even, it wasn't even a live match in inverted commas. What the, what the club used to do is if, when we were in the Premier League, if we were playing really big games, they'd put it on the big screen and people could go in, pay like something really, you know, cheap like a fiber and go and sit in the stands and watch it on the big screen so I remember going watching that because I, I again I love football and I was really interested in it and it was Bolton against United Manchester United and um I just went expecting you know I, I not knowing much about local football I just knew that Manchester United were a really big team and Bolton were a lot smaller in comparison and I went with my dad and I was completely taken in by the atmosphere and it was only half of the stadium, one stand that was full. And the noise, the noise when I remember it was Jussi Askelainen, he, our goalkeeper at the time, he saved a penalty and the you would have thought there were like 100,000 people, people in that stadium. It, the whole place just shook. And from that moment on, I was sold. I was 100% a Bolton Wanderers fan from that day forward. And I got my first season ticket for my 18th birthday. And that's that was me. Sold. Sold thanks to UC Askelainen. If you'd got yeah. into it a few years earlier, you'd have saved your dad a little bit of money. I know. Yeah, I really, I really would. But never mind. <laughs> I, I knew your dad was going to come up because, uh, well... I couldn't talk to you about your football experience without your dad. And for people who don't know your dad, what a lovely man, genuinely, Mm -hmm. you know, super kind hearted. And he's, he's the father of two daughters, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you both get into football or is this now just a you and him thing? Uh, It's more a me and him thing. Uh, Liz, my sister, she's been with us um, a few times and we always have a good time when we're there. But um, I wouldn't say she's a football fan, whereas, like, I am a fan fan. (laughs) Like, I take it personally when things don't go our way, you know? (laughs) And... um, and it's re- it's it is real dad and daughter time. Like like if my dad can't go for any reason, um, now I just I just wouldn't go. Just don't go. You just don't go at all. 
No, no, no. I think, I, yeah, I think it was, I mean, obviously it was, as my dad's got older and he's had some um, some health issues, I I do feel like, oh, well, if, he, if we're staying home and watching it, we're staying home and watching it then. And that's fine. As long as I'm with my dad watching, then that's that that's fine. I've deliberately not mentioned until this point, but if people don't know you and, and haven't seen some of your work on television, you're a wheelchair user. I am. How's your experience? You are I'm great. Who knew? How's your who experience knew? at the? Who knew? Oh, the. I, <laughs> it was the joke. The joke didn't work on me because I knew. But I remember watching that outnumbered uh, Christmas special, which you're in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. The joke works for everybody else. It's just like. And you're like, this is this is not funny. <laughs> yeah but you know so for people who don't know there's a there's a joke in the start of that where there's a car accident and the i forget the name but the main the the main female character in in outnumbered is getting cross with you because you're not leaving your car after 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 having an accident and and then the reveal is obviously that you're you're a wheel you're a wheelchair user Mm. and uh, they feel really bad and embarrassed and it was it was yeah Fantastic. But, you know, for people who don't know, so you are a wheelchair user and yep. you you know more than me. But do you think you didn't go until you were 17 because of fear around that experience? Or was it wasn't just or were you just not interested in football? You know, because would your dad have taken you sooner? I know Burnham Park would have been awful for accessibility. Yeah, I mean, Burnham Park. Yeah. Yeah. No, Burnham Park would never have been an option. Um, my dad went Burnham Park back in the day, but um I, I, to be honest with you, I think it was, I didn't even think about the access side of things. I think it was more that I wanted to be like Britney Spears or I wanted to be like, <laughs> so, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. fo- football wasn't really, again, I love, always really interested in football, loved watching the World Cup, Euros, all of that, completely taken in by all of that. Um, but it was more the local things that I just didn't really. I think if my dad had been going all the time as when when I was a kid, um, I think that would have made. I, I definitely wouldn't have not gone with him. I think it was just life mm. just wasn't. And I, I had a lot of surgery as well growing up and um, throughout my teenagers. So there was, there was there was a lot going on. But by eighteen, I was like let's turn into a football hooligan <laughs> why not <laughs> but no and then the, the good thing is but the, the good thing is with the stadium as it is now we've not officially changed to tough sheet but we will the 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 logos aren't up but um the stadium as it is i remember the first time i went and being completely shocked at how great they'd made the wheelchair access I mean again I can only speak about accessibility from a wheelchair user point of view I can't speak about you know other people's experiences with different accessibility requirements but as as a wheelchair user the 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 way into the stadium and the, the the access was everything's completely flat you just roll up and then you you and you're right at the front which is always fun so I was completely flawed in a good way about how good the access was no it's great and and obviously being sat right at the front is better for that football hooligan element of you i mean yeah until you until you get hit in the face with the ball 
I was going to ask if you, as that as that sort of ever happened. I remember <laughs> being at a game, not yeah. a, not a, um, not a uh, Reebok or Tough Sheet. I was at a game at Saltergate, which was uh, Chesterfield's old ground, mm. and very very old. They've since moved to a, a, a new state, there. and it shocked it, it absolutely shocked me because you saw wheelchair user users certainly be put right next to the side of the pitch next to ne- next to an old like a stand i mean literally next to the substitutes and i was just like that can't be a good <laughs> that's not a good experience wait, wait waiting to happen and i was just watched the whole game incredibly nervously um probably, probably <laughs> without, without reason but i was just like this is this is not cool <laughs> Well, it's, I've been hit in the face before, but that's because um, I made no—I I made no attempts to catch the ball. I did the proper ah, thing where I like just just kind of cowered rather than actually made an attempt to catch the ball. It wasn't even that hard either. I just I just didn't. My athletic prowess didn't work. <laughs> so... Didn't didn't lend didn't lend itself just, to that moment. No, it just didn't um, materialise whatsoever in that moment. But um, but yeah, I've been hit in the face before. <laughs> and it is important to stress, mostly in a football context. Yeah, uh, mostly. Yes, <laughs> mostly. In a football context. So, on a match day, when you're not staying at home with your dad, what, what's the, what's the sort of what's the routine for you? How do you get to the stadium? When are you setting off? What's what what what's the plan for a match day? Let's assume it's a Saturday three o'clock rather than a, a Tuesday or some random Thursday yeah, night, night or anything like that. I do love a night match though, but we'll get into that. Um, yeah, so your Saturday, it's we usually set off from home. Like we're not even that far from the stadium, so we'd usually set off about one thirty, I'd say. And we're really, really this is this is terrible because it has no nutritional value whatsoever, but we do get a McDonald's on the way. It's just always been our thing. Um what, and now it's kind of a superstition. A plain double plain double cheeseburger. And that and that one that goes plain, I want it plain. <laughs> I, I I go I go plain as well, but as you can see yeah. from me, I go for the triple. <laughs> No, seriously, I don't even know why. Like this, this, but you can tell. Like both of us, if if me and my dad, if there's any reason why we can't have one or we're not having one that day, it it don't feel right. <laughs> so we like have to have one, and then uh, any, we drive. Any, I was gonna say any drinks with that because I'm I'm also yep. mixing mixing with like a strawberry milkshake. That's because I'm basically a twelve year old. Nice. No, I'm a diet coke girl. Fries on the side, maybe a mozzarella dipper if they're on, maybe. On but offer then, or just available? Just available, they circulate, see. I'm, I'm big on McDonald's uh, menu, uh, different seasons. It's currently mozzarella dipper season, gentlemen and ladies. So, <laughs> but, um, so we get, yeah, we drive. Uh, I always drive to the stadium. Um, I love the drive to the stadium. It's it's great because you hit a certain point on the route and then you know you're with all the people who are going to the match. So it's really, really fun. Mm. It's a really fun like atmosphere, even just driving on that road up to the up to the stadium and you're seeing everybody walking on the road and they've got flags and scarves and 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 now we've got a really cool uh fan zone at the stadium now where you people can get drinks and 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 talk about you know different things that are going on at the club uh different players and 
I, I yeah, I really enjoy the build up to the match as well. Usually, I've got usually got to check Twitter. Other social media platforms are available, but um, yeah, usually checking Twitter, seeing that checking the team sheet, uh, having a look on Instagram, see who's playing, who's injured, all of that. I love it, love it. And have you? Are you sat with regulars that where you're where you're nearby when you're in? Are you having a chat? I, I can't imagine you not having a chat. I don't mean that in the word. In the, I can't, you know, in what's the, the that, that sort of builder? Well, you know me. I would have a conversation with a lamppost. So, um, yeah, I did. Everyone is a northern thing as well. Everyone's friendly up north, so we all have a chat. Um, everyone's talking to everybody. Really, it's great because you've got um, often the same people on the door. You know, on the gate that's been there for years you see people sat in the same seats all the time um yeah I've been in the same stand forever so it's really nice and do you find that you're getting you're getting recognized more now um than before is or everyone is are people just treating you as sort of Ruth from Bolton I think I'll always be Ruth from Bolton. I think I think people I was thinking it's usually you look a lot like that girl who's on the telly and I'm like oh. <laughs> But no, it's people do. People are really, really kind about, you know, what they've seen me on or and the the club itself, you know, they've had they asked me to do a lot about uh, talking about disability access and um you know, they're very, very supportive of my work and they know that I am, you know, big fan. So, and, but at the same time, like, I couldn't go anywhere. And if I see, I like, I could be anywhere in the world. And if I see somebody with a Bolton shirt on, I go like sick. It's just ridiculous. It's quite ridiculous. So yeah, I think I'll always be, I'll always be with from Bolton first. Always. When you get that, because it is great, especially with small support a smaller team or a less a less well supported. Yeah, team. of course. When you see when you see that shirt where you're not expecting it, you have that instant sense of sort of kinship with them. And I'm a Birmingham fan, and, and I might you know share it to someone to sort of keep mm. right on, which is our which which is our chant. Yeah, you making yeah. Yourself, you know, have you had any fun interactions with sort of Bolton fans in in, in unusual places? Because you've got you've got some big celebs, and I don't I don't know what I don't know what it is, but there's a lot of like really strong female Bolton fans that are out there in the media. I'm thinking sort of Maxine Peak and Jenny Ryan from the Chase and yourself. And there's there's you you make yourselves known. You you know you've definitely punched above we your do. weight on a. <laughs> no, it's true, but I think. I think one of the weirdest interactions I've ever had that's football related wasn't with a fan. It was, uh, I was filming in South Africa. South Africa. This is like the other side of the <laughs> frigging world. And I was, it was on a day off from filming and me and my, my other half, we went on, um, on safari in the middle of the wild. Yep, in the middle of the wild out in the middle of nowhere and we walked into because they had like um not a hotel but they had like uh, lodges available where people could stay over um and go on night safaris and things so it was really beautiful but you re- you're really out in the sticks you have to drive hours to get there and we were waiting to go on safari and we turned in the lobby and Sam Allardyce was sat there with his wife I was like 
what is happening? And that voice, and I was like, oh my God, it's you. (laughs) I'm in Africa in the middle of the wild. And Sam Allardyce is sat here and his wife has got such a broad accent. And it was just so funny having this conversation about our hometown, this tiny little speck on the back surrounded by elephants and lions and wild animals. It was the weirdest interaction I've ever had in my entire life. But we could have literally, if I'd closed my eyes and had that conversation, we could have just been outside the stadium. It was just so normal to talk about this kind of stuff. And then you realise, oh, hey, we're in Africa. So I think that's the weirdest interaction I've ever had in my life. But it is a kinship. What I mean, you probably heard him before you saw him, didn't you? Yes. In terms of... Well, Joe went, because Joe said, oh, that guy sounds like Sam Allardyce. And I turned around and went, oh, my God. It was it was the weirdest moment of my entire life. I, was, I remember ringing my dad. I was like, you will never guess who I've just seen on safari. He was like, oh, did you see like an elephant? I went, I saw Sam Allardyce. <laughs> He's like, what the hell are you talking about? And it was the weirdest thing. Like, you go all that way and you see... The legend that is he. That's a great segue because obviously he's the the manager at your most successful period in in modern times. Certainly while mm-hmm. you've you've been going, you know the Absolutely. Premier League years. I think f- finishing seventh. Did you win the League Cup? Did you? Do I remember that? Did you lose? No, sorry. Oh dear, I've got the look. You lost in the League Cup final, didn't you? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Steady on. You do not want me to disconnect this call. But no, he was he was the um he, he was that was my era, I guess, of of my first experience of Bolton Wanderers was the Yossi Ascaline and the Kevin Nolan, the Kevin Davis, JJ Okocha, you know, Ricardo Gardner, or that or that kind of squad was was my I guess entry into Bolton Wanderers world and with Sam Allardyce at the at the helm so yeah and do any of those games or memories or maybe even individual moments sort of stand out can you if you close your eyes and you take yourself back to the stadium now and big Sam's prowling the touchline and of course you've got little Sammy Lee there as well because they oh my god I love them it's big Sam and little Sam I know what are you thinking about because there's people who you know I think I'm thinking of like the JJ Okocha flick and you know, oh all, the, all those skills. I don't think people really get it unless you were there, unless you're a Bolton fan, what those days were like. Like that mm. time, I remember I was invited because they used to have this thing called the Bolton Wanderers Champion. And I got the first ever Bolton Wanderers Champion Award for my work with um, disabled kids, uh, with kids, the charity. And I. I, I went there and I met all the team and they were the sweetest people. Everyone was so nice. Everyone, there was no egos. And and you could all tell that they wanted to play and they wanted to do well. They wanted to work. And you could just see that, that it was just so nice to have that experience of meeting them away from the pitch as well and seeing that they're actually really nice, decent people. And on the pitch, they were... It was just, it was just great. The JJ dance, the Kevin Davis, like just booting anyone in, in sight. All of that. There was just so much. Um, there's so many memories from that time. I think when we got into Europe, that was huge for us. 
we're like we we compared to every other Premier League team, we had no money. We were like we we were the smallest team, um, done with the least amount of money, and we made it into Europe. I'll never forget drawing, uh, drawing, drawing at Bayern Munich. That was like I cried, like 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 an infant. I was like hysterical. It's ridiculous. Like that is tiny speck on the map. Drawing in Bayern Munich, it was insane. It's uh, it's quite a time because you played you played in the UEFA Cup when it had a yeah. really strange for- format, and there really was five strange. teams in a group, but you, you'd only play four, and you sort of got a little bit hard done by because you did you got you well, maybe you didn't, but you didn't get to get Bayern Munich over to the Reebok as it was then Red Star Belgrade. You didn't get over. Mm. You had the, two of the the kind of the smaller teams in that group. Yeah, they did get you to qualify for the knockout stages because you, you came yeah. through it. And I don't know if you were there, and I, I don't. But were you there for Atletico Madrid and winning and and, uh, and that and that game? Yeah, yeah, of course. So Bolton Wanderers beat Atletico Madrid one nil at the Reebok. Tell me about it. I thought my dad was going to give himself a heart attack. I really did. It was like the most insane night. It was just, it was just brilliant, and I think. But what I really liked about that time, and good to see that it it went into other teams as well, not just the English teams. People used to have a hard time beating us at the Reebok. People would not like coming Mm. to see us, especially Arsenal. Arsenal hated coming to us. I remember when Arsene Wenger said that in an interview. He was like, I don't like coming here. We were like their bogey team. They'd always seem to trip up with us. Um, So to do that on like a European bigger stage that was that was amazing that was amazing the 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 atmosphere was special something really special I can imagine I mean Birmingham have had a few uh European nights but um well one season but it's uh it's (laughs) nothing at that nothing at that level uh but it's such a such a thing and you were right you were up there Arsenal did hate you and you were consistent in that sort of sixth, seventh, eighth. There was a season where I swear you, it looked like you were going to challenge for the champ, the top four places until. Can you even imagine? Oh my God. Can imagine you imagine? Bolton oh. in the Champions League. One day, one day. I have, I'm, I'm an incurable optimist. One day. One day. You, you, you're on. You're on the road back there because you you were mm. you were Premier League and then you Championship and then League One and then for one season thankfully only one League. season for you you were, League you were two, League two. Mm-hmm. but uh, you you're coming back now. Really hard times. It wasn't so much us losing; it was the fact that the financial difficulties and the people who'd put us in those financial difficulties. Um, we we were close to not even existing. Can you imagine if all of that history had just got? We were one of the we were one of the founding clubs of the whole league. We we were there at the literally at day dot, you know. And I remember on the on the Sky Sports they had like a countdown to, and it was us and Berry who would who's going to survive? Are they both going to survive? Are they not going to survive? And I was just like, this is awful. And um, it was, was it like four years ago? I think it was like four years ago. Yeah, four years ago that happened. Four. And I just re- I remember thinking, now this is not going to happen. Someone's going to sweep in and buy it. It got closer and closer and closer and was like, 
we're, we're going to go into administration. We're not even going to, we're not even going to survive. And we, we've always been like, we're not a Man United. We're not a Man City. We don't have, you know, shitloads of money. We, we, we've always been like the working man's club. People would go watching football, go to the pub and, you know, have a, have a chat about it on a Saturday. That was what it was. That was, we were always, it was the centre of the community rather than a big money pit, you know, where, where you know, people, you know, millionaires would want to invest or people from, like, Saudi Arabia would come over. We were never, we were never that team. And the thought of, of losing all of that was so sad. It was, like, generations of, of people, like, bringing their kids to the to the stadium and you could just see people were, were like congregating outside the stadium on that day and when we got when we were saved that very very literally down to the wire it was like we'd won the premiership it was it was the best feeling because as long as we as long as we didn't go into administration we could find a way back but we just had to survive that little bit and now, oh my God, the days are so good there now. They're just incredible. God bless Sharon Britton. I just love her so much. Queen Sharon, we love her. Like the way that they've turned the team around, they've really worked within the community. They've worked with um, yeah, the local community to find out how they want the club run, not just like a load of, in, not in a dictatorship whatsoever. And the players are just loving it. As you can see from the performances and and how well we're doing this season, and um, and winning, you know the Papa John's Trophy a few weeks back, all of that is just really special to us. Considering what a terrible, terrible few years we've had. Well, c- considering the other side of the court, you know, you could have been Berry, and exactly. You know, the team, the team that wasn't saved, and you, you know, you see how the the supporters have almost been divided against each other in terms of yeah. supporting a Phoenix yeah. club, or you, know, it, you could have lost yeah. everything. You know, it's 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 thinking about that and hearing you talk about that, and you, you know, is why I wanted to talk, you know, to start this podcast because I think that the grounds have such a important sort of sense of place. Like you can mm. you can be there. And you can be there with people who are no longer with us or, mm. you know, friends that friends that you've you, you've not seen for ages. You all congregate in the same place. Mm. And one of the great things about going to going to football isn't who you go with, it's who you bump into. Exactly. So, yeah. You've probably got friends at that stadium who you don't even know the names of, but you've talked to them for <laughs> 10 years. So you can't ask them the names. <laughs> yeah, anymore. I know. It's the, Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> You would lose all of that and see, hear it, you know, thinking about you, you don't have somewhere to go and have that touch point on a, on a Saturday mm. or, 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 a, or a Tuesday night. And it's just uh, when they when clubs get ripped out of communities, uh, um, it's it's really hard to watch. And mm. yeah, I, I'm, I'm so glad it didn't happen. It didn't it, it didn't happen. to Oh, you. my God. Me too. Me too. Thank God. I know it's good. But it's it feels Going to the stadium now, there was such a period of time when it felt really, really... I remember going and there'd be hardly anyone there because... And then we had players... I remember it was so bad that players weren't being paid and we they, they brought in the young lads from the reserves team and they looked so young. 
Oh, they did, didn't they? they- it, we we did. They did it in like a sponsorless. They didn't have any sponsors. They just did it in blank t-shirts, and they they held. We 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 they got us a draw, nil nil, and the noise we made for these kids. They were just without them we wouldn't have had a because we, we would have lost more points because we would have refused to play or we wouldn't have been able to play so we would have lost more points and been in more financial difficulty so they really those those kids really are the reason you know we've still we, we were still here I guess and now to see you know to go to Wembley and have that experience the other week and have that um I can't imagine having the stadium, our stadium there, because it's so iconic. You can see it from anywhere you're looking, Bolton, and and to drive past that and know that we don't have a club anymore would have been heartbreaking. But now everything feels so different. It feels like the days when, you know, we had Sam. It feels very much like that. That everyone, the the stadium. You know, you get so many fans in there now. People want to be there. Um, really getting behind the team. So many people went to Wembley. That was just mega. It was incredible. Um, and I couldn't believe what I watched. I was like, no, nobody thought it was going to be that good. <laughs> yeah, it was quite an easy victory in, in the end, wasn't it? Because uh, I saw the, some of the pictures you posted that day, um, just you and your dad looking so, so happy. We were at home, yeah. That celebration that you could have it's just it's it's really heartwarming and it's really you know i'm really pleased that things are going going in the right direction at the moment we're looking forward to the playoffs i'm hoping so i i will be furious if we don't i will be i'm i'm literally i can't i can't bear it i'm i'm on ten hooks it's awful points up on peterborough you've got goals on them you've got game in ha- games in hand i know we've I've got i know i know i was <laughs> going to say what are you doing just stop talking for god's sake man <laughs> but no we we well, look we've, we're in a good position and um our mighty ian ever he's he's not one to rest on on his laurels he will literally keep pushing them um until the end of the season so i, I look who knows? We'll just keep pushing forward and hoping, um, and hopefully, Nat Lofthouse will give us a bit of good luck from above. So. <laughs> it's def, it's def, it's definitely something um, that you've got, my, you've got my support on. I hope, you, I hope you get there, and I hope next season you can be looking forward to Championship football. <gasps> oh my goodness me! I hope so. Imagine Championship football at the Tough Sheet Stadium. I mean, what's better than that? What's more Bolton than that? Come on. What is more Bolton than that? <laughs> no. No. Um, one of the things that we talked about earlier that we haven't actually, we haven't got a chance to, to kind of uh, discuss while we, went down, while we went down memory lane there, is you said you love a night match. I do. I love a night match. There's something about a night match. I love a night match. Floodlights are, uh, you know, there's that sort of sparkle that you get. I I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is uh, the lights. Isn't it funny that what it does? But yeah, I I think it's just such, it's it's the same atmosphere, but it's different. And there's something about it as well when it's freezing. Like we have every bit of weather you can hope for at that stadium. I'm telling you something. 
I have been, I tell you, I shit you not, I have been under a hand dryer wringing out my coat because I've got that wet, seriously. And I remember, like, my mum going, why do you even go? You must be freezing. I'm like, you don't get it. If you're not a fan, you don't get it. You will be there if it is freezing. You will be there if it's boiling. You will be there in six feet of snow. You will sit and you will watch. And if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. And... It's, there's there's always potentially that little bit on edge is the wrong I, I, I mean it's probably the wrong word a bit of expectation uh with the night yeah. it feels a little bit more like an entertainment um you know because you know it gets into more of sort of your world where it's like staging and lighting and yeah all the, all the lights are shine, shining down on the pitch and it just focuses your attention whereas you know on a three o'clock kickoff you can be sort of daydreaming you know there'll be a, a few birds in the sky or whatever and you could you know but you but all everything points you in the direction of the pitch like a bit of a coliseum um and then the same with the drive up as well it's the same with the drive up you Mm. know seeing it lit up as you drive up even that feels exciting how about derbies um some people don't like them do you do you like a derby a bit of extra aggro or you much uh, yeah i know i know i i I admit i i know i do quite like a But I do. I was just thinking as well about, sorry, just going back just slightly, you can cut this in later, Hmm. but, you know, back at Burnden, like, there was that painting by Lowry that he did. It was called Bolton Wanderers Going to the Match. And so it's like, Hmm. that's like back, that's so back in the day for, it's, it's, uh, and there's there's just so many cool things, so, so much history with Bolton. Even Lowry painted it. Sorry. Complete. I digress. Carry on. I do apologize. That's absolutely fine. I love. I love a digress. I was trying. I was looking at that Lowry painting today because, unbelievably, I know it doesn't seem like this. I did do a bit of research, um, and I was just. I was. I was thinking about that. It's. It's sort of captured a, a bit of a tradition. Um, it's you know a bit of a moment in time there, and it's so cool. To absolutely, have, um, it's cool to have a Lowry, a Lowry about you. Um, yeah, I like it a lot. I don't know if I'm going to be able to use that bit, but it's a, ni- it's a nice I just diversion. Thought, I just thought I'd add it. Please continue. I've made you forget, haven't I? Now, I'm sorry. So, you Derby, who, who are your big yeah. rivals at the moment? Or has it been affected by going down the leagues? Because traditionally, I think of Bolton and Blackburn. Yeah, that was always the biggest for me. I, do, I think it has affected it, you know, going down the league. Because um, we've got Wigan close by as well. But then always, like, even having Manchester United come here back in the day. Uh, but, yeah, the biggest one, the, the ones that really despised each other were Bolton and Blackburn. <laughs> and it was always, it always hurt more if you'd lose against Blackburn. And it would always just felt that extra bit special if you'd win against Blackburn. The weekend was great. The nights out were even better. If you won. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I do enjoy a derby. But then at the same time, I, I'm not, I don't get the fighting. I don't like any of that. Not for any of that at all. Um, I'm all for a bit of rivalry, but I just don't understand, you know, the idiots that take it too far. Every club has them. I think I like, I like seeing my dad get so wound up at a derby. That's funny. <laughs> uh, see, now this is interesting. And it's possibly not interesting to anybody else. But I can't imagine your dad getting wound up. Oh, my God. 
he's a sort of he's a very calm figure. He's not. He, he, I hope he does not offend. He's not particularly. He's not a tall man. He's no. He, he's uh, tiny. He's, he's like he's a care bear. Oh, he is yeah. short. Come on, he's like a care bear. Don't come. There's no need to be. Don't need to be polite. He's not here. No, okay. he's short. He's tiny, and he's like a care bear. And he, yeah, everyone wants to adopt him. He's this adorable little old man. But oh my goodness gracious me, when he gets going, he gets going. My mom said, if you if he ever gets himself arrested, you better be you better know straight away. I am not coming for him. He is your responsibility on match day. You take <laughs> like okay. <laughs> but um no i do i do enjoy watching my dad get so wound up about these things it's really funny it is really funny and that's what my sister like when she came is he a swearer is he a shouter does he get you know is he no he's like he often shouts at the ref naturally but he'll say yeah. like he he, he he doesn't swear it's more of a he calls them stupid or silly or tells them to sit down you know really proper dad things but so angry about it you know quite vicious and but it just makes it sound funnier i usually take videos and send them to my best friend who finds it hysterical and even funnier if i do it with a snapchat filter on so you just see this really tiny man with the high-pitched voice with on the snapchat filter going <laughs> bless him it's such a shame i don't know why he still comes with me but no it's um yeah, I, I do enjoy getting a bit riled up. It's like sometimes it's good. You know, it's cathartic just to be able to stand there and just have a good shout and, you know, get it all out your system. And then you then you all go and have a drink afterwards and have a great time. It's it's good. Oh, it's 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 a massive relief. And yeah, it is. Some, it there's is. An anonymity, there's, a, there's an anonymity of being in a crowd where you can you can all get on the ref or the player who's fading injury or 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 whatever it is and you you know that you wouldn't just go up to someone in the street and go you you're doing your job really rubbish <laughs> you know you can do it as part of a, a crowd of 15,000 I know but but don't forget I sit at the front and I'm a little bit more conspicuous than other people in my wheelchair at the front and I've had people say like text me afterwards on social media going oh I saw you getting quite a bit a bit a bit riled up I'm like <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you've you've got to moderate yourself a little bit more so you leave it to your dad yeah because now it's people messing me going oh so your dad getting really wound up i'm like oh my god i know he's so embarrassing <laughs> whereas like, i'm next to him really right gene him on how did you find i mean generally it's pro- probably the answer is going to be bad but how did you find the covid season and when when football got kind of taken away from you um, and people didn't have that release, you know, that, you know, that twi- you know, once a fortnight sort of release where you could go to the game, spend time with your dad, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, that it was hard. And it, I was actually really nervous about um, not just me, but also because my, my dad's like, he, he's, he's, he's over 70 now. So it's like, um, you know, in mid seventies. So it, it, it was, I was nervous about taking him to a that I didn't know when it was safe to take him back there, you know. Um yeah. it was it was it was hard and like uh, the the idea of matches being played behind closed doors that was really that was just felt so sad. And um, and you know we weren't in the best financial position like we we'd been bought and everything but we were still just coming back so it felt like 
there was a bit of nerves about whether that would, you know, really kind of put us back down again, you know, how is it going to affect us all? And But then I remember our first match back after it all and it was just mega. It was great. It was such a nice feeling of everyone being back in the same space. But yeah, I think it was more the nerves of when, it, if it would be safe for me to take my dad again. Um, you know, because he, he has his own health problems now. And it was like, is it? am I doing the right thing by taking back? Is it safe? Um, but yeah, yeah, we're back there now. Everything's great. Back, back in the swing of things. Absolutely. Heading up the league. Well, thank you come for uh, sharing your... Come, come on, Bolton. Thank you for sharing <laughs> your... Uh, your 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 thoughts and memories of going to the Tough Sheet Stadium. I hope you have many more enjoyable years at the Tough Sheet. And Me too. it never gets Me old too. referring to it as the Tough Sheet. I hope not. I seriously I will be literally banging on about this for years, so be prepared, everybody. <laughs> be prepared. Well, thank you very much, Ruth Mainly. And I can't believe and I'm just gonna leave it there as a little tease. We didn't even talk about Doctor Who once. You know what? This is what happens. As soon as you start talking about Bolton Wanderers, everything else kind of goes out the window. Nothing else seems important. See? This is what happens. You are well on your way to sort of national treasure status, and I only oh, think your you. uh, appearance in, 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 in Doctor Who is going to cement that. So uh, I, will, uh, I, wish you, I wish you well on that journey to becoming a national treasure. And, Thank you so uh, much. I'm sure you'll succeed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been great. You better have me back. I love that chat with Ruth. It makes me think I should start a podcast to catch up with all my old work friends. What you didn't hear is Ruth spending the next 10 minutes telling me to get her back on the podcast when Bolton are in the Premier League. However, that won't be possible. Not because I don't have faith in Bolton, but because the Grand Jewels is like Room 101 in many ways. Once someone has nominated a ground for inclusion in the Grand Jewels, it is off-limit to future guests. No one can have the tough sheet. Even if they're desperate for the tough sheet, the answer will be no. Tough sheet. I think that might get old. So, if you know the perfect guest to wax lyrical about your favourite ground, or maybe you are that perfect guest, get in touch with the show by going to social media and tagging us. We're at the Grand Jewels. And also try tagging the guests you want to hear us talk to. So if you want Timmy Mallet to chat about Maidenhead United or Lorraine Kelly to talk Tannadice, you know what to do. Although please don't suggest Timmy because he charges an absolute fortune to do podcasts. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>